0: Hey my friends, welcome to Word Made Digital. I am Joanna LeFleur, your host, and this is season four, episode nine. Today on the podcast, we have a man all the way from Switzerland, Stefan Kuntz. He left Swiss banking to become an artist. He is famous for his lettering work, that is literally creating calligraphy and letters by hand. Maybe you've seen his work. Maybe you didn't even know that you've seen his work. He's worked with some of the biggest brands in the world. We're talking about Asics, Adobe, Apple, Coke. Coca- Coca-Cola, Bombay Sapphire, Nokia, Hallmark. He's worked with Hillsong Church, Skillshare, Microsoft, on and on and on. So we're going to learn from him about creativity and why he left the work that he was doing in banking to step out as an artist. I think he's going to be super inspiring. And he's says, saying he always says all the time, create something every day, even if it sucks. He's going to talk to us about the art of creating. So in the meantime, I want to remind you about the Digital Church Facebook group. Have you joined us yet on the Facebook group? Uh, want to... Lead you to the link right down in the profile below. But this group is all about connecting us as a community of leaders. There's about 450, maybe 500 people in the group at this point. And uh, this group is all about connecting leaders in church and in ministry who are whether you work in a church or not. It's just people who care about the local church and are interested in talking about what the church looks like in the digital world. If you like the stuff we're doing on this podcast, would love you to join the group to connect, to learn, to grow. Uh, If you're looking for work. It might be a place you could find work if you're looking to uh, really just grow in this whole conversation. Please join us on the Digital Church Facebook group. We're having a good time there and making a lot of cool new connections. Thanks also, of course, to Compassion uh, as a partner and a sponsor of this season of the podcast. Compassion, partners with churches around the world who are working tirelessly to support children and families right now in the pandemic. Obviously, the pandemic, COVID-19, is affecting us where we are in all kinds of ways. It's been a tough year. I'd imagine also what it's doing and how it's affecting people all over the world. That's why I want to keep this in front of us as the local church and Compassion are working in places they've been there before the pandemic. They're there now serving with families in the midst of a really a disaster of just a huge scale. We're seeing um, a reversal of some of the gains we've made to eradicate poverty. Um, Just huge amounts of suffering and struggle is happening but the church is there right now and compassion is responding Um, they know people by name they're working with assisting children and their families Uh, things like hand sanitizer they're making that in communities they're distributing food kits millions of food kits to sponsor kids they're creating medical masks and they're creating work for people They're offering hope in Jesus' name. And hey, even like we are, they're connecting with their church communities and the people in the community through through things like WhatsApp. So go to compassion.ca slash COVID today to check out how you can give, whether you can give a small amount or a large amount. Uh, We encourage you to, as you think of our struggles here, In our own country, that you would think of those around the world are brothers and sisters who need help right now in this urgent time of the pandemic. Thanks also to Wycliffe College. This is the Evangelical Graduate School of Theology at the University of Toronto. So if you're looking for seminary studies, you want to grow as a disciple, you want to grow as a leader in church, in ministry, in digital, I consider Wycliffe College. It's the school that I went to. If you want to know why I chose it, why, um, out of all the options of how you could do school online, in person, part time, full time, a course here, a course there, a full degree program, a doctoral program, whatever it is that you're looking for, check out WycliffeCollege.ca slash wordmade digital. All right, here is my conversation with Stefan Kuntz, the artist and designer who's famous for his hand lettering work
1: welcome to the word made digital podcast with joanna lafleur you're listening to season four sponsored by compassion canada and Wycliffe college word made digital brings you interviews with christian creatives and communicators to inspire challenge and equip you in your own work the church has the best news in the world so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world here we go
0: Stefan Kuntz, thank you so much for joining on the podcast today. I'm so glad to have you on WordMade Digital.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: uh, I've connected to you through a mutual friend of ours, Teppo Hapoya, who actually was also, I did an interview with him on this podcast in season three all about photography. And, uh, so we share some creative friends. It's fun to, uh, it's fun to like connect with these people all over the world. Can, can you tell everybody, where are you? First of all, where, who are you? Where are you, uh, talking to me from today?
2: So my name is Stefan Kunz. I'm a hand lettering artist from Zurich, Switzerland. I moved back to Switzerland where I grew up, uh, just a, a year ago. Uh, it's closing in on one year. And so my profession is, well, it's called hand lettering or lettering, but it's, um, it's more commonly known um, with drawing letters. So everything that has to do with letters and how to draw them, how to put them on like in a special way. So how you would see them maybe on an advertisement or on a book, all these things. Uh, that's kind of my profession. I don't design like the fonts itself. Um, I cannot come up with my own, but that kind of like differentiates me from type designers and I don't draw them like in in one go, kind of like calligrapher do. So I'm just more of the freestyle artist.
0: Okay. So, I mean, obviously it immediately says like, how the heck does somebody get into this profession? I think you have quite the story of like you were doing something <laughs> totally different. So can you tell us a bit about uh, yeah. what this journey has been for you as an artist?
2: Uh. I was just about to say that if you ask me, like, how do you get into that? I'm like, I don't know. I stumbled into it. So yeah. I'm not the best person to ask that. So, yeah, I I started out um, actually in banking. So my first uh, profession was banking. And I was a Swiss banker. So pretty typical Swiss uh, thing to do. And um, I it, it actually happened after I didn't get a job as a graphic designer designer and that was kind of like my second option was well if I failed as an artist like what do you do like well you go make money and then you pay your you make your hobby uh to be what what you like to do and so for me that was kind of the the way out um mm-hmm. or just a way to find a profession that would kind of sustain me in the beginning and if I eventually want to move on like or fall back onto banking would still be around, even if the, our job or the photography or the geography didn't work out, whatever it would have been that I would have pursued afterwards. And, um, so, so during my banking career, I, I kind of helped out in church, um, led a creative team of, I think about 20, 30 people. And, um, so that was graphic design, social media, uh, film and, um, photography. And so all these different, uh, People that I was leading, and so I was still looking for something that I could do because I didn't want to touch anything that they were doing. Um, as a, I feel like as a leader, you should not be intervening in with everything, and I'm still trying to learn that as a, as an entrepreneur, as a business uh, owner, not to always intervene with my assistant and my uh, employees' work. And, but yeah, so I started doing like these things on Instagram where I posted like pictures with typography on it, um, using like a fonts, uh, app that on, on the iPhone and kind of like mixing both photography and typography together. And, and that kind of grew and my philosophy in creating is always like add one more step. So I'm always constantly trying to improve whatever I'm doing, always adding one more thing. And sometimes it fails, sometimes it's great. But with the uh, lettering, I, I kept on going and kept on trying like new things. And at some point the app that I was using on my iPhone uh, called over, uh, suddenly was limiting what I was able to do. Like I've already used all the fonts, I've already tried everything that this app allowed me to do. And as you can think or ima- imagine, it's it's pretty basic from what it allows you to do. It's not like Photoshop where there endless possibilities that you can use it for. Um, So I then moved on and said, like, all right, how can I branch out? How can I find new ways? It's like, all right, I got to start drawing by hand. And so 2014 is when I started drawing letters and words by hand and started to figure out again, like, what was it that I was seeing in those fonts and how do I apply that with drawing, which is is totally different from, from anything that I've done before. And, and again, step by step, uh, trying to get better and better. And at some point I just, I feel like, um, it's, it just got better. And I got traction on Instagram. I saw at some point that my, my growth was, was about a 200 new uh, followers a day. And for me, that was just, um, was crazy. Plus, but like the banking kicked in back in. So I got up a spreadsheet. I calculated all the <laughs> way down, like how far would I get if I, I get up, uh, if I kept on that with that growth and kept on going till the end of the year. And I saw that I would reach a hundred thousands and that number just blew my mind. And suddenly that became a goal that I was set on achieving. And so that's kind of like the, the traction I got, the, the initial boost that I had. And when I reached that hundred thousand is kind of when things really kicked off, uh, on a business level as well. Like I got some previous little jobs, but I wasn't focusing too much on lettering at that time. Like I wanted still to become a graphic design. Well, no, actually I wanted to become a photographer and, and also open a cafe at the time before I actually wanted to do anything with lettering, like lettering. I explained that story in more of a, lettering was my, my best friend. I like, I just wanted to hang out with her and not just like be in a relationship and, or be in a committed (laughs) relationship. And, and so at some point, like people around me were seeing those signs and like, Hey dude, like you got to wake up. Like you got to see this. This is you two are meant to be. And, and I was like, no, alone. No. like we're just best friends. We're just hanging out. Um, we're having fun.
0: <laughs> I love it's this analogy. <laughs> I,
2: I, it's, it's a fun one to, to, to tell, but then yeah, at some point it was like my eyes, I, I feel like one day my eyes just open. I was like, man, this absolutely does make sense. Should like try this out. And I committed myself to that relationship. And after that, like, yeah, it's history. I, four years now into it. And, and it's been crazy ever since. So
0: at, up until that point, you're saying, I love this analogy. It's so funny. It's like, well, no, we're just friends. She's my best friend. She's not the, my committed relationship, but had you been making money doing this? Like obviously your, your following was growing because what you were doing people, I guess maybe people found it fresh and different. I'm not mm-hmm. sure why people, why maybe you had like techniques you could share with us about why was your account growing? Um, but yeah, we're like, how did it, how did it go into like, oh, like maybe, maybe there's like money here to be made, not just a hobby on the side.
2: I don't think that money was my primary focus. Um, it, like I, I would say that I'm a great businessman that I, I know where to make money and how to make money. Um, But at the same time, like for me, lettering was not, was this hobby. I wasn't, I wasn't set on it. And the reason why was that I was doing like design jobs, like client work, totally wrong. Like I was selling project based things and like not hourly. And then every time I kind of like just said like, yeah, it's you, what you're going to get is the logo and like a full logo. And, and the clients like only was happy when he was happy. And so I had so many revision rounds and like perfecting the pieces and it turned out to be something that I didn't really enjoy. Um, and, and there's a lot in that, that we could talk about, but for me, the whole graphic design part really wasn't something I was enjoying and, and I wanted to keep on doing. Um, and, and so even though I made some money with it, I, I think at the beginning it's, it's slow. It's like, it's, I don't remember the numbers, but like it was a couple hundred bucks per, per, per project here and there. Um, and, and not that I didn't believe that I could make more money with it, but just, I didn't want to. And, and so Instagram was more of a, of an outlet where I try to, to, um, to share work, to, to post things that I want to do. And also just have an outlet where I can be creative, where I can, I can really push my creativity, Mm -hmm. um, which right now is becoming harder and harder because it's becoming my job and everything, like everything revolves around that. And so suddenly this, this thing that you spend like 24 hours with is, is suddenly becoming a little bit too annoying. It's kind of like you're spending just time with one person and one person alone. And you're like, man, this person, like I need to get some air. like, I need to talk to other people, um, just to get a fresh perspective. And so I I feel like it can get hard when you're just turning around once one of the same things over and over again. Um, but then, yeah, the, the point of like, how did, did I grow my audience, um, one of the key things was always to, how do you create content? How do you um, create content that like helps people? Um, that is where, where people get something from you. It's not this type of content that you are trying to promote yourself. Um, and it's always telling that story is always a reminder of me to to tell like, oh yeah, you know what? I've totally been too focused on myself and on what I want to sell and what I want to create and where I want people to to pay me for something uh, rather than just like, you know what, I don't care about that. I just want to create work that impacts people, that inspires people, that encourage people and and that people get value from.
0: Hmm. Yeah. and And in that, it makes a business or it makes a following, but I like what you're saying. It sounds like you're saying, If money's the motivation, it only goes so far. But if you're trying to actually help people, um, that's where you've really kind of seen the growth. Um, there was a time part of this in part of your story, you were in Australia, you were connected. I I don't know if you were a student there because I ran our friend Teppo, our mutual friend. I think you were maybe students together. How did that part fit into the story of, of this work?
2: So 2017 is when I gained traction on on Instagram, where I felt like this is this is going somewhere. Uh, funnily enough, um, end of 2016 is or mid 2016 is when I felt that God was calling me to go to Australia, and, and at the time I felt like Hillsong was was where it's where it's going to be, um, with with what I've previously heard, like kind of like visions or visions more of um feelings that i felt that god is calling me like pursuing as as a uh brand manager for his kingdom i felt like oh you know what like i've only heard one person talk about that and that was uh jrj uh who's um the comms director for for song global and so i felt like you know what i should be going there i should visit him and uh maybe we won't take the whole story into this podcast because like it's, it's, it's just the full story, but it's the, um, um, me going there was like, I just had that feeling to, to go to Australia. And, and while I was there, I was like figuring out like, why am I actually here? What is it that I'm, I'm supposed to do? And, and I met Teppo very early, actually. He, he had reached out to me previously before and, and we just ran into each other, like probably one of the first days at church, uh, that I was there and, And he just said, like, yeah, like, I'd love to connect. And the cool thing about it was, too, is that he introduced me to a couple of other people. And for me, being in Australia was mostly just about, like, following the call and see where it would take me. I I just felt like that was the next step. And I didn't know what other step I should take. And probably one and a half year later, um, like... I've met a lot of great people, met a lot of great creative people. Um, It's been a really interesting journey, but at the same time, also very, um, uh, like, how do you say, um, like, like emotionally draining as well, because every time I flew into the country with the visa situation, I wasn't always able, like I, I was on a tourist visa. I wasn't supposed to, to to live on a tourist visa in Australia. Like that was kind of a loophole to live there uh, on a tourist visa. So that every time I was flying into uh, to the country, I, I had those bad dreams where I felt like, man, at any time they could pick me up and like send me out again. And at some times I had those nightmares on the plane that I was just like, oh, that
0: yeah.
2: somehow the stewardess would pick me up and would like, Hey, uh, there's going to be someone waiting at the gates for you, uh, from immigration. I was like, no. And every time <laughs> I passed through, it was kind of like this. Will they let me in? Will they say something? Is something going to be wrong? Will I have to go into another room with them? Like Australia is very strict. And, but that's how I met Teppo. That's how I, I went to be in Australia for one and a half years. Um, just on feeling a call of God to be there. And, and maybe to this day, I'm not exactly sure why I was there. Um, but nevertheless, I've, I've met some incredible people there. I'm, I'm really happy that I was there. Um, kind of wish that sometimes I would still be there for those people. Um, but I'm also really excited to be back in Switzerland, um, to have now a studio space, to be able to, to kind of like grow again. Um, and maybe that's, Maybe that holding me back from growing was something that was really vital to, to my business as well at the time, um, just to see how God can really grow stuff uh, from you, uh, that even though you're restricted, that he can still break those restrictions. And especially like income, when you talk about income, it's like at some point you feel like, well as a single individual person, I can only make as much money, especially as an artist. But if you take God into this equation, then suddenly those boundaries, like those are totally different and, and they can totally be uh, shattered. But, but for you, it's still like, well, I need to hire someone. With someone else, I can do more. And if I could do this, I can do more. But God doesn't work like that. And sometimes I, I still need to remind myself of those things.
0: Yeah, it's it's this walking by faith and also having to make maybe some practical decisions about growing a business. And and if you're coming out of banking, um, I mean, it's a similar experience to me in some ways is in what I'm doing that you're learning as you go. It sounds like you're trying to figure it out through trial and error. But I mean, if other people are kind of starting out as um artists or maybe even specifically, they're, they're really interested in lettering, you know, what are some ways that you would say to get going? Are there some people who've been mentoring you, or there's some stuff online that you love right now that is maybe it's your own, you know, stuff that you have, uh, as courses and stuff like that. What are the mm-hmm. ways that you think someone could start to be shaped and kind of like not have to learn all the hard ways?
2: <laughs> well, depends on, on what type of person There are definitely a lot of classes that you can take, um, on on business there. There's a lot of stuff that you can take on leadership. Um, what, what the thing about like classes and and workshops is for me at least, uh, and I'm only able to talk of my own experience is that you'll learn a lot in one day and you'll learn a lot of like, uh, mistakes that other people have made and how you can avoid them. Um, and that's great, but if you make them yourself, then you're definitely going to learn more from that. Um, I'm definitely someone like I'm an autodidact, act. So I, that's why it speaks to me. It's like, make those mistakes yourself, uh, do it the hard way. Um, and just improve on yourself. Like every time, every, everything you try out, then like try to make next time and improve on that like the first time I I'm, I host a workshop like of course we I had a lot of knowledge from other workshops that I've hosted before like I didn't host it myself but like that I was at and 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 prepared um, I learned from from all these experiences but when I was doing it myself like suddenly you have to think of all these other things and only by doing a lot of checklists and and trying it out you learn like all right this was great this was terrible this I should never do again and this is something that I always should do or should improve upon.
0: Yeah. And so when you're doing um these workshops, are you doing stuff like online or are these like in person, like people are coming to your studio or something like that?
2: So right now I'm, I'm doing it all over. I, I just been to India. I'm going to the Philippines, uh, this week. Um, I'll I'll be in London the week after. And, and I was like in the U S. Um, I was in, in December and I had like another workshop just a couple of weeks ago here in Zurich. So right now it's kind of like trying to figure out like where exactly should we be hosting workshops? How do we fill them? Um, there are a lot of like, questions that you you have to ask and like uncertainties that you always have like will I be able to fill those workshops will I be able to make a profit from them and and for me right now it's not even just will I be able to make a profit but also like will I be able to pay my business um to make yeah. the best use of my time and so on or even just for me right now as well it's it's the the idea of well can I grow my brand by doing these can I can I inspire other people by doing that? Like, does it help my brand? Does it um, bring my brand forward? But at the same time, like, does it help other people too?
0: Yeah, and there's this there's this phrase you often <coughs> talk about in like I see it a lot on your your posts, or it's like a theme phrase. Um, maybe it's like your philosophy behind how you teach or how you encourage people to do lettering and art. Can you talk a little bit about this phrase and where it even maybe Create where did it come today.
2: from? <laughs> So yeah, create something today, even if it sucks, is is a quote that I stumbled upon. Uh, I think one or two years ago, and and it stuck out for me so much because when I read that, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I was reminded how true it is that the often the reason why we don't create anything is because we're scared that it will suck, um, and and so a lot of people like won't even take up or pick up a pencil or pen uh, just because they're afraid that whatever they'll draw wouldn't be as good or wouldn't come like stand up to their standards and and even for me as someone who do who does that every day like this happens so many times that I would just like No, I'm not going to create something today because I don't have this brilliant idea. I don't have this original idea. Um, I don't, maybe I don't have the tools that I need to, to create something. And we come up with all these excuses. And so one of the talks that I, that I share often when I do conferences is create art, not excuses the The way to not create excuses is kind of like we're all creative in in some way, where we are able to create a lot of excuses for ourselves not to create. So it's funny that like you use creative excuses to not create and not be creative or tell yourself that you're not creative, um, while. What we really are, and I truly believe that, is like we're we're created in the image of a creator. So created in the image of a creator that makes us a create like creative, and and therefore we all are are creative, and we have that calling to be creative, like we have that inner desire to all be creative in somewhere or the other. Um, and I definitely f- believe that from working at a bank, like you can be creative in a bank. Um, even though that people like were asking myself, like, Hey, why are you working a bank? Like, this is weird. Like you're a creative. And I was like, well, I can be creative in a bank. And, and the funny thing was that people at the bank were also seeing that like, Oh, like you, you must be a creative, like you do stuff that nobody else does because you think creatively. And, and so I feel like there's always a place for all of us to be creative. Um, and the question is just how we can do that. And, and so one of my biggest passions is actually to discover other people's true passion, which is often like disguised in what we do, um, or not fully flourished. Um, so that's something that I'm trying to, to figure out as well. Like, how can I, How can I figure out other people's passion but multiply that because I only have limited amount of time and I would love to be able to to help thousands, a million people, a billion people to help them find their passion because when they do they'll flourish and whatever they will do will be so much bigger than what they're doing right now like if you're just if you're just an accountant then like maybe there's something in it that you love but maybe there's just something more that you're even better at that you're like you're really passionate about and then finding that because when you find that then you really will be able to flourish
0: yeah and i think for a lot of people talking about passion and trying this stuff fear fear is just like such a huge barrier for people. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, going in your own story, it's so inspiring to hear like, wow, going from the security of the banking thing to trying to be a creative (laughs) professional, it's scary. And there's people listening who like, that's the dream for them. They have a job that's Fine, but not the passion. So, like, how do you break through fear? How did you do it in your life? Um, What did your parents think even of like this direction?
2: (laughs) Um, So, my parents, my dad always wanted to become a graphic designer. So he, in his early years, years, he wanted to do that as a as a profession. Then he didn't get to. So he became an optometrist, and and so he kind of lost that um, that passion or being able to really pursue that passion. And my my brother actually became a graphic designer. So he's, um, he went to, uh, like, had an apprenticeship in Switzerland at an ad agency and learned to become a graphic designer, does something different now. But I... Like, for me, it was the opposite route. And, and they were still supportive of whatever I would be doing. Like, they weren't too afraid of how I would turn out or, like, how this would pan out. Um, but coming back to that question of fear, like, how do you break through that fear? Um, somehow, it wasn't that scary for me at the time to just, you know, let go of, of that thing. Of course, it was like this, like, you know that you have a great income, you you could do a lot more in a couple of years, you would earn a much more like earn much more money, um, which always is like hard to let go. But then at some point it's, it's, it's this, just this, um, the spark of, of wanting to try something new that you feel like, like I could do this for another five years, but after that I'd totally like be done with that. And, and for me that was the case with the banking job. So I felt like, like, I could just quit now. Like, I felt right about quitting now. And the thing as well of breaking fear is also just to be ready and prepared for is coming next. Like, not doing a stupid decision of, like, putting everything on the line. Like, if you have a mortgage, if you have a family, then, then like, make sure that you have enough runway, meaning that you have enough money saved up that you can sustain yourself for the next five, six even better, 12 months uh, that you're financially secure, that you're not dependent on your success in the first two weeks to to break through. Like for a lot of people, they believe that you know what I'm just gonna quit my job, and that's already that's one thing I had to learn. Like I wanted to quit my job at the bank a year prior, and would have just quit out of like sheer uh, like desire to quit whatever I was doing right now, because I didn't like my job. And that would have been the the worst thing ever. Because if I hadn't pulled through another year and finished my, my, my year there, then I would have probably regretted that. And, and also wouldn't have learned that lesson of, you know what, even when it sucks, you kind of got to stick with it. Because even now, when I'm doing this full time, it's, there, there are some weeks where I feel like, man, I just want to quit. I just want to do something else. I want to go back to banking. I want to do something easy. And,
0: <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and even though like that's, that's, that ha- happens. If you don't learn that uh, the first time, then you probably never will.
0: Right. Right. Well, and, and yeah, it's, as you say, like you can fight fear through some like practical things that you haven't been, uh, just crazy, like jump off the cliff about it. There is a parachute yeah. when you jump. Um, you, have, you have a plan of how you're going to do it. But, but even there's this fear I, I know for a lot of us as creative people. Uh, it's, it's maybe like in writing, they call it writer's block. Um, right. maybe, you know, that, that sort of like Creat- breaking, yeah, the creative block yeah. breaking through, um, getting out of your own head to do something new, different. I mean, you're working with clients all over the world, some major companies, people can see some, maybe, I don't know if you can name any of them, but, uh, you can see some of that work on your Instagram. Um, how are you breaking through the fear? Like when you have like big money or a big client on the line, how do you like try to be creative still and not just do the same old thing.
2: It's interesting. If, if I'm looking back, I feel like working for client projects, I don't feel like I've ever had creative block where it's like, I'm stuck and I cannot do anything. Um, because you always have one, you have a deadline, you, you have someone who will always give you feedback. Uh, you're not your own boss. And, and so for those things, I don't feel like you can have a really creative block on those parts, but as soon as you're in charge of your own projects, um, it's so much harder, like, like, how do you market your course? How do you like, what's the next piece that you'll create for Instagram, like for your own brand? Um, how do you encourage another person through, uh, through a post, uh, how, what, like what type of YouTube video are you creating next? And so those things where you're the, your own boss and you have to come up with your own ideas, um really becomes harder in my mind just to come up with new things, to not be stuck there because that's where I'm still stuck every single day. Um, and then of course with your, I feel like with your art and and your creativity, there's always like weeks or sometimes it's months. Sometimes it's like days where you're just blocked and you cannot put anything on paper. So when you're like cannot write anything. But in those moments, I I feel like what I've heard and and what I've experienced as well is you need to find your way back into the flow. Meaning you need to to just find the rhythm again of how you create. And that's, for me, that's always going back to an exercise that I just know I can do that easily. Um, I don't even have to think about it. I just know exactly that I can do it. And once I'm doing that, then suddenly it becomes this next part where I'm like, oh yeah, that actually triggers the next thing and I feel confident and when I feel confident, um, it's, it's going the next, into the next phase for, for writers that's usually to actually, instead of starting writing something fresh on a paper, it's to actually just, uh, start editing some pages that you've written the day uh, previously and then just go edit that. And as soon as you've edited that, it's easier to flow into the the blank page where you start writing and coming up with new things.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and for you, you know, you're doing this constantly. It's very public. Like, you're not just creating um, and challenging yourself behind the scenes in your own studio, in your own office. You're doing this, like, on the internet, in front of a ton of people. And obviously, with this podcast, we're Made Digital, being... Um, like a lot of focus on digital stuff if, if you I, I want to kind of ask around the strategy of that like say to say tomorrow like obviously Instagram is changing every six months sort of how it works is changing but if Instagram goes away tomorrow um, what are some things that you know you think about doing in the future in terms of the digital space or do you want to talk to us a little bit about what you're doing with YouTube even or things like that
2: yeah um- So that's always a fear that is, is prevalent. Like it's high in your mind. It's, it's like right there because right now, even right now, as we're speaking, um, my Instagram growth is like, It's like on a slow, it's, it's plateauing and, and that's, that is, is doing something emotionally in me, which is, it's weird because you don't want anything to affect you that badly, but it just does. You're like, well, I'm not able to grow as I was used to grow or used to, to, to be able to grow. And, and so for me, whenever, um, whenever YouTube would go away or would disappear one day to the other, um. Well, one is the questions like, all right, are you able to grow an audience on a different platform? Do you have to grow an audience on a different platform? Are you able to, um, to create work that will speak to others on, on different ways? Um, so for me right now, I've hired someone to, to help me out with uh, newsletters, uh, to, to build that up. Um, I'm, I'm working on like maybe like creating YouTube videos just, just because I I know that YouTube is, is a safer platform to create content that lasts a lot longer. Um, because when one YouTube video is out there, um, you can actually search for, for, for it. Like if you're doing tutorials, then people can actually find your tutorials by searching for it. So there's this SEO that works really well in the background, same with blog, same having something on your website. Um, the thing is, you really gotta prioritize one of those platforms. Otherwise, it's kind of like, like hard to to really grow on one. And so for me, I it's the third time, my third attempt on growing on on YouTube and 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 just posting on there regularly. And the previous times, the two times, it, it went well, but at some point I was just like distracted by Instagram again and just with client work and suddenly like be, like the the Later in the year, like always, client work comes in around March, February, March, and so you're, you're suddenly stuck with more work. Um, and so suddenly, I wasn't able to do all these videos. And this time, I told myself, you know what? I'm gonna prioritize to create w- one video a week. If I don't meet that deadline, like I need to like turn off Instagram. I need to turn off everything else, and because that's my one priority. And to kind of like still be able to grow and not just slow down on all platforms is to really figure out a way how to to do a lot, like great content managing, um, where you manage and strategize content for all platforms. That like a YouTube video becomes an Instagram post or an Instagram post becomes a YouTube video that becomes an email newsletter, a blog uh, and all that stuff. Like if you think that like connected and, and network then I feel like you have a good chance to grow on all platforms.
0: Yeah. I mean, even the, I'm hearing you say too, like there's the creativity, even on the business side for you, it's like a creative challenge to solve. It's not just a business thing. It's, it requires that same creative place in your brain to problem solve. So, um, this is really one of the last questions is who's inspiring you or what is inspiring you? If you're looking, um, is there a way that you go about the world to capture inspiration and new ideas?
2: Well, one of the the key uh, things that I would tell people is like if you want to find inspiration, like inspiration is everywhere around you. Just the key is to actually open your eyes and to look at it and to to find a way to store that. If you if you find that or oh, find a way to actually look at things. And like, oh, how can I actually combine that with what I'm looking for? Like if you look at a plant, look at a sofa, uh, like how can I mix those two together? Can I make a sofa out of plants? Can I create a plant that has more of the texture of a sofa? Can I use those two elements in a lettering piece that I'm creating? Um, and, And you play with those ideas. And I feel that that's where the inspiration comes from. It doesn't really come from seeing something It's like, oh, wow, this is this is exactly what I was looking for, Uh, because it's kind of like walking to your fridge in the kitchen and like opening it. And you look into your fridge and you see all these different kind of foods that you have in there. And you're like, wow, like, man, there's nothing in the fridge, really. Because you're just like, you're looking for something because you're going after your gut feeling of like, mm, I'm hungry. Like I, I'm peckish. I, I want to eat something special, but I just don't know what it is. And you feel like you will find it in your fridge because that's where food is. And, and you look into it and you're like, nah, there's nothing in my fridge. But if you really take it <laughs> apart, it's like, yeah. no, there's actually everything you need. Like all the ingredients would be there to actually cook a great meal that will nourish you and all that. But you just don't see it because your eyes are just like you're trying to see with your stomach, and it's kind of like with looking with your eyes with the with your um, your inspiration or with your feelings and hoping that you will f- see something that will like inspire your feelings to wow, this is amazing.
0: Yeah, I love that analogy. Like all the ingredients are there. You just have to figure out how to put them together and like yeah. try and see what's already in front of you in a new in a new way. I love that. The fridge is a great analogy for that. I mean, how often we all go in the fridge and say, oh, there's nothing to eat when there's all kinds of stuff in the fridge. We just need to create something with it. Um, okay, so people are going to want to find you. What? Where do you want to send people or what is some stuff... Um, that people should check out if they want it. Cause we were talking about this, but maybe there's some people who've never seen your work before. Um, are there some things you want to point people towards?
2: So my Instagram is definitely where you'll find like most of my work. Um, YouTube is where you can learn how to do my work and and find out more about me. That's kind of like where you get the the sense of who I am and how I talk and how I do things. Um, My website is definitely, if you're looking for digital products, kind of like how to draw letters easier, how to create composition. If you're interested in lettering, like that's a great place to start too. Um, And also a way to reach out to me is through my website. Uh, which you'll find a link uh, or like a way yeah. to message me directly.
0: Okay, great. We'll put all that in the show notes so that people can find you, whether they want to learn from you, get inspiration or, Hey, you never know. Maybe there's a, a somebody listening who wants to hire you on a collaborative project and, or inquire about what that might look like. Um,
2: exactly. and, and there's a, a podcast. We, my my friend and I, Lauren Ham, we're having a podcast called The Striving Artist. It's kind of where we're having a, a one-on-one discussion about like everything that we're going through, like it's, we're basically coaching each other, uh, on this, on this podcast. And we're just about to wrap up season one and starting, uh, planning season two on how we should do that. So it's, it's an interesting conversation about like creativity. And if you're an artist that wants to, to get to the next level, and like, if you're an a striving artist that wants to reach the next level, then this is definitely a podcast that you'd be interested in.
0: Oh, awesome. I didn't know I didn't know that it was out in the world. We were talking about podcasting before, but yeah. I didn't realize it existed already. Okay, great. Oh, all yeah. right, we're going to send people to all those places. Um, hey, thank you so much for your time today. Thank Thanks you for your too. work. It's a constantly, I'm following a lot of what you're doing because it's inspiring to see what you're doing, but not just what you're doing uh, in terms of content production, but also how you're doing and approaching it. I find your process really uh, inspiring and creative. So I know like a ton of people will too, which is why I wanted to get you on the podcast.
2: Oh, that's so kind. Thank you very much.
0: Steph, thanks so much for the conversation. It was just great to get inside his head about his creative process and how he's encouraging us all to create something. Hey, even if it sucks, keep creating, keep going. I hope that's encouraged you today. Next up next week on the podcast, we have Brexy Cavey. He's a teaching pastor of The Meeting House. This is a church with about 20 locations in Canada, but it's also a global movement and they're part of something called Jesus Collective. Can't wait to talk to him because he's an author of a book called The End of Religion. And he has a newer book called Reunion. It's about good news of Jesus for seekers, saints, and sinners. I mean, he's just all about reaching people for Jesus, but doing it in an ear religious kind of a way. He has some really interesting insights. Actually, this interview that I did with him was in person. It was just before the pandemic happened, or rather I should say that the pandemic was happening, but the shutdown in our own area happened and I was able to sit down with him in person and have just a really rich conversation. I think you're going to love it. So stay tuned next week for that conversation with Bruxy. Meanwhile, go check out the Digital Church Facebook group if you haven't joined it already. And thanks so much to our partners, Compassion and Wycliffe, compassion.ca slash. COVID to donate today. The need is urgent. The need is huge. And the church is stepping up in amazing ways all around the world to serve in their local communities. And we want you to be a part of it. Also, wycliffecollegeca slash Word Digital. Check out the school if you want to learn or grow. You're thinking about taking a seminary course. You want to grow in discipleship. It's a great opportunity, even this fall, to consider taking a course. Okay. See you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode, rate it, and share this episode with your friends. Head over to WordMadeDigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world.